Welcome to Becoming Church, the podcast where we discuss how the message and movement of Jesus is not just about becoming Christians, but about becoming the church. I'm your host, Kristen Mockler-Young, and I'm so glad you are joining the conversation. Welcome back to part two of the Bible on the Becoming Church podcast. I'm back with Ashley Fossil. Hello, Ashley. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so if you missed part one, this was our first ever two-part episode as part of our Essential series. Make sure that you download that, go back and listen to it. Ashley and I talked a lot about, I mean, essentially the Bible versus the scripture, why the Bible can be tricky, um, and how Mosaic thinks and uses holy scriptures. But this episode is going to be a little bit more practical. We want to give you some um, suggestions, ideas, and just some more thoughts on how you can incorporate the scripture into your everyday life. Ashley. Yes. Reading the Bible, true or false, is one of your favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Okay. Why do you love it so much? Um. You know, I don't know. I have always loved reading the Bible and reading scripture. And, and I've, I've gotten journaling Bibles over the years and I love to just write up in them and make notes and all that kind of stuff. And I would say, um, especially in the last few years, I've even enjoyed it more as I've come to have a better, more open understanding of scripture and what it could mean. Um, or maybe what it actually doesn't mean that I thought it did. <laughs> um, it sounds like that reading the Bible now is different for you than it was when you were maybe growing up. Yes. Is that true? Talk to us about the differences. Maybe how were you taught to read the Bible versus how do you read it now? And maybe <laughs> that's what makes it more enjoyable. <laughs> yes. Um, I definitely was a bit of a rule follower. So I read the Bible and I did my little quiet time because that's what you were supposed to do. Learned how to do that in Sunday school. Could give you some acronyms for it. All the things. Oh, yeah. Bible reading plans, the whole shebang. Was really proud of myself the time I first did a read through the Bible in one year. Um, and that was great, <laughs> but it was more out of obedience and obligation, even though I did enjoy it, but that's partly because I'm just a reader. So put yeah. anything in front of me and I'm going to read it. Yeah. Um, over the last decade or so, I've come to just move past that sense of obligation and really enjoy just read because I enjoy it because, um, for me, it's a great way to start my morning. Um, to just to, to prepare my mind and and just allow God to speak through it sometimes, sometimes yeah. not. Sometimes it's just what I've read and I shut it and move on. But sometimes he really speaks um, to me, mostly just kind of his presence and his power, um, just that this is who he is. And as I've allowed it to not be um, the very narrow-minded understanding, literal interpretation that I grew up with. Um, I think it's become more vibrant and more alive to me. Yeah, and you have even read, I want to say that you were reading a like a Native American Bible at one point. Isn't yes. that right? Uh, yes, it was. That was a pretty cool little, um, it was a New Testament um, First Nations version. And it was, it was neat to read. I had actually started to read that after I read a book by a theologian who is a Native American called Native. And uh, it was 
it was really good. I read that. It was a good book. So why, there are some people that are listening that are like, well, why would you need a different Bible? Like I have a Bible. I've had the same Bible my whole life. Why would you ever need another Bible? Can you speak to that a little bit? Um, if you grew up reading the Bible or having it read to you or just being familiar with it, I have definitely found having different translations. It's been just so enjoyable to, um, shakes things up when, you know, certain passages that you just almost, when you read your eyes glaze over, you've heard them so often. That's one reason. But another reason is because there's no perfect translation of the Bible. I mean, the more you dig into it and understand the wide variety of translations and how some are literal, some are dynamic, some are, um, you know, uh, um, in between trying to, to make sense, but also keep the cultural aspect of it. Um, some, um, are more inclusive and, um, you just realize, I mean, again, we're reading a document that was written on time ago and not in language. And so people are doing the best they can to translate it. But when you read several different versions, sometimes it can kind of help flesh out a concept for you, um, that initially you might be like, wait, these two things don't agree. And it's the same verse in two different Bibles. But you just, it's helpful to understand that, yeah, it's because they're trying to take a Greek concept that we don't have words for in English and make it make sense. Or maybe they actually, you know, sometimes I have this, um, this uh, new interpreters Bible commentary and it's, they're these huge, massive books, but I actually really appreciate it when I read a particular passage in there, um, the commentary, and it says, no one really knows what the actual meaning of this phrase is. I love that. There is no agreement. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Instead of this is what it means because we decided it in our understanding. (laughs) Right. And there's freedom in that to go, whoo, I don't need to know exactly what this means because even like the quote unquote smartest of us (laughs) can't agree on what it is. (laughs) Exactly. I love, so growing up, I thought that translations were bad. Mm-hmm. I thought that like, oh yeah, just funny because I didn't even grow up with the King James or anything. It was like the NIV, you yes. know, but it was like, yeah. this is the, this is the one. And for a long time, it was like, no, these will mislead you and they're not accurate. And, and I never stopped to ask questions when I was growing up, like ever. Right. So I just was like, okay. And again, this interpretation of it being bad or wrong is partly more on my understanding of what was being said to me than what was actually said to me. But what I walked away with was all of these other translations like are going to steer me away from Jesus (laughs) essentially. And right now, what's funny is the message Mm -hmm. and you can get into all the conversations on whether it's a translation or a paraphrase or whatever. But for me in this season, the message paraphrase is actually my favorite and my go-to because it just feels normal. It just feels like someone is talking to me in a way that I would talk and that is easy to understand. Um, I also love the passion translation for that. And I know the passion translation is very controversial right now. Like there are certain websites that have taken it down. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not even positive for the reason that I I don't, I definitely wouldn't choose the passion over the message. I love the message translation. So I haven't probably paid much attention to the passion translation. But like you were saying, reading them side by side, Yeah, you know, it just gives me, that's one of my favorite things to do is when there's like a verse or a passage on my heart, I will put them 
I'll get like NIV, NLT message, the passion (laughs) and read them all like four verses at a time in every translation, because it does help me to get a richer sense of the meaning behind it and what it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be, what God wants me to get out of it, you know? So do you have any favorites? You said you'd go the message Um, over the passion, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, I like the message lately, uh, actually the last couple of years, the two I'm read most often are the CSB and then Mm -hmm. the NRSV. Um, and one reason the NRSV is because that's the one that the new interpreters Bible commentary uses. And the CSB is, um, sister Beth Moore's favorite. So I got onto those two and I've, I definitely enjoyed those and I've got a CSB journaling Bible. So but I really do like the NLT when I want something to be just kind of, I hate to say dumbed down, but like simplified. And I want it to um, not be too wordy. Then I'm going to go find it in the NLT version and see what that yeah. says. And that's typically what we use on Sunday mornings. Like when we, that's what we generally teach from is the NLT. Well, and that's because, because it's simple, it's, just it's clear, simple and easy. And when you're, you know, having something read to you or, you know, trying to read it on the screen on stage, like it right. really makes sense to have it as concise as possible. And, um, so. and the message is too many words. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of words. Oh, that's so funny. On that note, one of my favorite things that I know you like it a lot too, is this thing called write the word oh, journal. I love them. I have, I have so many and I want to get more, but um, it's so funny. I'll never use the message when I'm doing write the word. Cause it's so <laughs> you're like literally writing it out. Run out so of space. I'll use either the NLT or the, or even sometimes the NIV just not have to write. so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Write the word journals. I think, I don't know if you turned me onto these or what, but now I have multiple and it's essentially just a a journal and there's one Bible verse or maybe just a couple mm-hmm. and you write it out and then there's just space for you to process, um, yeah. what it is that God is revealing to you. And actually those journals taught me to read the Bible in a different way, mm-hmm. which I thought there was only one right way to read the Bible. You sat yeah. down at Genesis, you started reading. <laughs> if you fell off for like four months, then you were supposed to just pick back up where your bookmark was and like, huh. keep going and never read anything else until you get to revelation. Like it was just, you read it in order. Yeah. But this has become one of my favorite ways to read the Bible that I learned from these write the word journals is just to go like almost deep dive into a very, very small passage. Yes. And to study and ask myself questions and get into the context of like, who is writing this and why, and what were they, who were they writing it to and culturally what was happening. And I feel like at first I thought it was just like laziness to only read a a little tiny bit. But I've really, it's helped me to understand the meaning behind things so much better. Yes. Yeah. And there's, for the nerdy type, there's, a, I think it's the blue letter Bible dot, I don't know, com or org or something where you can literally go into a passage and click each word Holy and it'll show you the original, you know, Greek or Hebrew or whatever it is and break it down for you. And um, I've done that sometimes when I want to be like, especially like if I'll read a passage in several different translations and they're so very different. I'm like, what, why is this? And so I'll do like a deep dive into the original and it's like, well, this Greek phrase could mean this, but it also could mean this. But if you put this verb in front of it, it actually could mean this. (laughs) Yeah. Which blows our minds. And I think can lend some people to go, oh, well, see, 
the Bible is not true and real because there's so many contradictions, but we, we, the word there has multiple meanings. Like if we write the word there, people don't always know what it means, you yeah. know? Right. So same idea. Mm-hmm. So for people that that's one way to read the Bible is, you know, to go deep into like a very, very small passage. Are there any other ways that you read it sometimes? Oh, I mean, so many different. I've read through the Bible chronologically before. That was kind of fun um, because, you know, it's not chronological. Um, and so that's one one way. Are you telling me it's not chronological from Genesis to Revelation? Right. It's not a timeline. <laughs> that, is, that is correct. <laughs> um, you, There's just, I mean, you really could read it any way that you want. Like you said, you can read just different passages. You can just I've read through the New Testament so many times, or maybe you want to write um, Luke also wrote Acts. So maybe you want to just read Luke and then go straight into Acts. Um, one thing I absolutely love, and it's, it's, I just got onto this last year, the Bible project. Oh yes. They're phenomenal. They yes. do these wonderful animated videos that explain that like, um, tell us different stories, but then also they'll get into concepts. Yeah. Um, how to, they, there's even one on how to read the Bible. And I mean, every single thing I've watched uh, their video and some of their videos will actually have um, backup documents or, or sometimes podcasts or blogs um, if you want more from them, but they're just so good. I have financially supported them out of my own pocket because every single time I'm revealing my secrets here, but every single time I am prepping for a message, I go there. Oh yeah. When they don't have a video, I'm I'm like, here's some money. Please make one because (laughs) they are my favorite, favorite resource. Like you said, it's visual. It's like, oh my gosh. It just, they, they are able to explain things in a way that nobody else ever has. I really have never seen, um, such quality and then such a, just a, I feel like a healthy balance approach. Um, I've never watched or led, read anything that they've done and been like, oh, that's super mm-hmm. conservative or oh, that's a super liberal approach. It really just seems to be the most life-giving, um, balanced interpretation of the way they yeah. do things. Yeah. So good. So good. <laughs> So for the person that's listening, that's like, cool, cool, cool. Love it. Great. The Bible, mm-hmm. but I've tried waking up early in the morning to read and I can't do it. And I've tried reading before bed and I fall asleep. Do you have any suggestions for somebody that's in a season of life where just sitting down and opening up the actual book to read is just feels really difficult right now. Is there any other way that they can take in scripture? Um, well, there are numerous ways you can listen to it. Um, I've even found on Spotify um, various versions and translations and and speaking voices. Um, so that I really enjoyed that a while back. I was I found some different styles of speaking voices reading scripture. Um, so that is definitely one way. Uh, like we said, the Bible Project. Maybe you just throw on a little video They're on. I'm sure they're on all the social platforms. Um, but I know I follow them on Instagram so I can see when a new video pops up. Um, I mean, I think the write the word journal is excellent because again, you don't, um, and I don't even have the time. I don't use 
my actual Bible. I just pull out my phone and look it up. I mean, that's the other way you can, yeah. you can read it and listen to it in the Bible app. Um, so the there, version app, can you read it? Can you listen to it? You can certain versions. They actually have on the <laughs> version you can listen to. Um, and I've done that. There was a recently read a passage that I just needed to seep deep into my soul. And I put it on repeat and got in the car and just listened to it, read that chapter over and over and over again. That's awesome. And that is, so the car is, I'm in my car so much and I am like, I got to make good use of this time. And that really is a way just to listen over and over without having to quote unquote, like make the time. Yes, you should listen. Yes. Be open to God speaking to you through the things, but it feels easier to me than yes. you know, having to stay up later, wake up early or whatever. And what is, they're oh, on a total blank, the Bible, the children's Bible that is just so beautiful. Um, it's like a real simple, um, oh, we have them. I'll have to look it up and you can. The Jesus it. Storybook Bible? The Jesus Storybook Bible. I used to read that to the kids and would actually cry. Oh, yes. Because it was just. So beautiful. Um, so that is another way, like maybe you're, that's, I don't think it's just for kids. In fact, I listened to a podcast with the lady who, um, wrote it. Uh, it's obviously not a direct translation at all. It's a children's Bible. And she was talking about how she would be contacted from adults all over the world who are like, mm -hmm. this is amazing. This changed my life. This is so beautiful. Thank you for this. So maybe you just need, um, just a sweet, um, pretty <laughs> yeah. version that you can read to yourself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And there's so many, they're linked up to, on our website. We'll link it up in the show notes, but there are so many resources for kids that yes. say, I'm like, well, this is exactly how I needed to read this. You know, what is God like by Rachel Held Evans is not mm -hmm. a Bible, but it is one of the most beautiful pictures of God I've ever seen in my entire life. And I can't read it without crying. <laughs> like my girls just know they're like, oh, mom pulled this book out. Like <laughs> she must need to hear this. She's going to cry. Like Margo will go get me a Kleenex. Just when I tap the book. <laughs> but yeah, there are so many different voices and perspectives. And I would say too, read other, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but you can look to other theologians. You can look to other resources. You can look to other podcasts and perspectives. And I say that having my own, our own podcast, always definitely double check what you're hearing. Mm -hmm. I would never recommend that you listen to any kind of podcast or read a book or anything and just blindly believe anything that that person is saying oh, to definitely. you. It has to be paired with scripture. However, that being said, I have learned more about the Bible from listening to other people talk about the Bible and have mm -hmm. conversations because it's just opened my mind to new perspectives and new ways of thinking. And that can be a way if you're just kind of struggling in the season to get right into the scripture to go, all right, well, I'm going to go like scripture adjacent <laughs> and yes, kind of like ease in. One of my absolute favorite authors on the Bible is N.T. Wright. I mean, oh, yes. this is phenomenal, but specifically he wrote a book called scripture and the authority of God. And it was just a profoundly impactful book to me and I both, um, when we read it about just how to read and understand scripture. Um, and then, uh, there, um, like I mentioned 
I don't know if I mentioned this podcast or maybe episode one, but this book I'm reading right now, The Mosaic of Christian Belief, 20 Centuries of Unity and Diversity. Now that I literally actually had to buy that off like um, a college bookstore website. What? It's like a textbook? It's a textbook, Uh, but it's just so... So good. Um, there's so much out there. Um, another book I'm actually reading, I'm reading it very slowly because honestly, it's it's hard to read because emotionally, but it's mm-hmm. called Reading While Black, African-American Biblical Interpretation as an Exercise in Hope by Esau Macaulay. Yeah. And it's so good. I've really determined this last year and this year, my goal is to really broaden beyond um, so much of what we read are just Western civilization, white male theologians, and not that they don't have a lot to offer, like I said, N.T. Wright, my fave, but there's so much more out there. And so another one that's up on my list also is called Manana, Christian Theology from a Hispanic Perspective by Justo Gonzalez. Um, So that'll be up after I work my way through these others. So it'll be a while before I get there, but there's just so much out there, so many writers, so many. And then, I, like we mentioned, um, oh, I can't remember her name, but she wrote Kate, uh, Native, and she's uh, Caitlin Custis? Curtis. Something. Well, yeah. Something. Again, we'll link lots of stuff, but there's just, uh, there's a lot out there. So many people with, um, um, it's just really flesh out what scripture has to say um, that in their, in their culture, in their, yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. I read native also. Um, and the book that actually got me really thinking, which was a recommendation from you, as many of my books are, was, I think it's called, um, misreading scripture through Western eyes. Oh yes. I forgot that one, that put that at the top of the list. That's what really opened me up to this idea of, Oh, right. When I read the Bible, like I know what I believe, but I can't help but that when I read it, Jesus is white and everybody's white. And as I'm picturing them in my brain, they're like, you know, at Ikea in the mall and like at Starbucks and all of these things that are very much my world, my culture. They're having happy birthday cakes with candle, like all of these things. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it takes a intentional and deliberate shifting of our perspective to go. Not everybody sees it the same way. Not everybody reads it the same way, nor should they. Yes. Well, and not to, you know, well, sure, whatever. Naeem, that's one of the things I love so much is that when Naeem um, became a Christian and then he started to read scripture, um, he actually spent the first three years that he became a Christian, he determined to read through the Bible. And remember, English was not his first language. So he's trying to plow through um, the Bible in not his native language. But he didn't come to it with the same, uh, you know, understanding that we grew up, you grew up with. And so to hear him talk about things and explain it and be like, oh, yeah, when um so and so was on their roof like we had the we would do that too like culturally because he grew up in the middle east like i've just loved that and appreciated it so much over all these years that he himself has been able to bring such a fresh and unique perspective to scripture because he is you know middle from the middle east from pakistan and not at all with a he didn't grow up in a christian home or country 
Yeah. No, and it changes. I think it's very easy for anybody, even if they find themselves either not at a church or at a homogenous church or with a pastor that, you know, they relate to or a leader that's just like believes what they grew up with. I think they can read any of these books that we've talked about. You know, they can listen to any of Naeem's messages. All it really does take is intentionally going, all right, I want to see this from another perspective and see how it could be received by somebody who's not like me. And it is, it's just like, you can learn so much more. Mm-hmm. All right. You and I could talk about the Bible forever. <laughs> Let me ask you one more question. One more question. Because this is called Becoming Church, how does the Bible help us become the, the church? Or how does the scripture help us become the church? I know I didn't prep you for this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, for us, becoming church, part of that, the heart and the idea behind that is that the church is not a building. The church is people living out um, what the kingdom of God can look like here and now. And so obviously the Bible is um, instrumental in that and helping us know what that can look like. And even, you know, reading some of the gospels and and especially acts in the early church. um, I mean, we'll obviously never replicate that model because that was very contextual, but just reading through that and, and seeing what the heart behind the kingdom of God um, realized can look like helps us become the church here and now, especially I think in contrast to, um, very dogmatic view yeah. maybe some people have on what church should be or what Christianity should be. And maybe some of the louder voices in our society, particular that have just conveyed something that does not seem to be the heart of Jesus. Um, I know for us, uh, we really want to reflect just the hope of the gospel that, uh, that we can read about and the, faith, hope, and love. Like those are our things. That's what drives us. Um, and why we have this whole concept of reclaiming the message and movement of Jesus. Um, because again, how you read and interpret the Bible makes the, makes a big difference. Um, and will be reflected in the way you live out your life and your, um, Christianity, your faith. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we're supposed to be like Jesus and live like Jesus, then we kind of need the scriptures to know what that looks like, <laughs> you know, to know what it is that we're doing. So that was a great answer. Well, Ashley, thank you for being here, friends. Thanks for listening. Again, this is part of our essential series at Mosaic. So if you are local, we would love for you to come join in our growth track. We've got different kinds of classes and discipleship programs. So you can check it all out on our website. It doesn't matter if you've been to Mosaic once, never, or every Sunday for 17 years. We would still love for you to come. We've got something for you. Thanks for being here and we'll see you next time.